Welcome to the Sharpway Christmas special. Yes, it is Christmas Eve, but I'm going to be probably doing family stuff on Christmas. So we're doing a Christmas Eve Christmas special. I like how that sounds at least. So we'll be doing that today. For those of you who can watch it live, thank you so much. I'm sure many of you are doing stuff with your family and friends, and many of you may watch this maybe later on the evening or maybe on Christmas or something. So thank you so much for those of you who've decided to tune in. Why in the world would I want to do a Christmas special? Why would I even care about something like that? Because of what we've been going through these last couple of years. Christmas, for some of you, don't even celebrate. And some of you, it's a huge holiday. And some, it's just another thing to do. Depends upon who you are and how you feel about it. One of the most important parts about this season, right, Um, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, the holiday season, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, sometimes Ramadan falls in this area, not now, but it does sometimes. Um, The holiday season can be a very important psychological or emotional time of year. Now, in reality, for most of us, we know it's another day. That's what it is, right? The, The universe of the world just goes, oh, it's another day. But we don't particularly in America, but but in many parts of the world, but particularly in America, we don't do that. We say it's a special day. It matters. These days are important to us culturally, socially. So we should be using these as times to rethink, times to reconnect, times to stop being part of the everyday rat race that most of us are part of, time to stop just moving forward as many of us are, And the old, you know, smell the roses type thing, right? Stop and smell the roses. Well, we don't, right? We often are, in today's world, we spend a lot of time doing a lot of other stuff, trying to get stuff done. What's important, I feel like, is you should be thinking about the past. I'm serious. And that's not always what I I used to think about the future. Think about the past so that you can make changes in the future. And Christmas, in my view and I hope many of you agree, is heavily about connections. This is when people travel, get together, buy gifts for each other, think about what other people want and how they want it, that kind of stuff. When I was a kid, a little kid, and I still remember this clearly, four, five, six, seven elementary school kid, when I still had my father in my life, and my mother uh, was there, we lived in the Bronx, lived in the South Bronx. And as a little kid, my father was very much about show, being showy. Boy, that mattered to him tremendously. Literally, we couldn't pay the rent, but we had out front, some of you from the 70s who know this, we had a Lincoln Continental out front. And if you know a Lincoln Continental in the 70s, that was the cool car to have. So we had that cool car out front of our apartment building. And my mom and dad were walking. Why are you walking? You got a cool car there. Because you got you don't have enough gas money. But you got a cool car. Can't pay the rent. The people knocking on the door say, where's my rent money? But you got the cool car outside. That was my father. So when Christmas came, I had to be decked out and all the cool stuff. Why? Because I was his son. So I got to be... I, he would like buy me a suit at like five years old. 
I'm serious. I had like a little suit when I was five. It's cute, but still totally worthless. You use it for like one day and maybe two. And then I grew out of it and never no reason to wear it. But man, on Christmas, oh my God. Oh my God. I'm I'm not I'm the coolest looking kid in, in, in the neighborhood. That's for sure. That's the kind of person that he was. And my mother wasn't that way at all. But she loved him. She loved me. And she put up with a lot. In many ways, too much. But this was his time to just do whatever he wanted. And we would spend tons of it. There were so many gifts under the tree. It was crazy um, how many gifts were under the tree. So many. And they were, they were for a very important reason. Because he wanted to show off. But he also, it was also the way that my father, being from a poor family, showed that he loved me. Right? He thought that that was the way of doing it. Showering me with gifts was the way that he would show that he loved me. Don't get me wrong. When I was a kid, I loved it. I wasn't complaining. I was not complaining when I got, back in the day, we got Legos and cool things like that, that I just loved, train sets and stuff like that. I loved, I was not, I was not fighting at all. I was a happy kid when Christmas time came and money and cash. And I remember something else. We would, my mother was from Germany and many, particularly Northern Germans, many Northern Germans celebrate Christmas Christmas Eve. It's a common, it's a, it's a common um, thing. Not everybody, obviously, but it's, it was, it was common. And I don't know if it still is, but obviously back in the day it was. So we would actually celebrate Christmas on Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve dinner. Um, we then open our presents after dinner. It was all Christmas Eve. That's when Santa came down supposedly. And then we would all celebrate uh, Christmas, um, Christmas uh, Eve. Then my, my mother and father never told me about Santa Claus. No, they did tell me about it, but they never had me believe that it was Santa Claus. Even when I was a little kid, I never believed in Santa Claus. My, my parents never did it for me. I didn't tell others because I know a lot of kids believe in Santa Claus. So I kept my mouth shut, but um, I, they, my parents didn't do it to me. So we never believed in Santa Claus. So we'd, we'd open up the presents, get lots of them. And then the next day we would, I'd, we would have a, a, an early Christmas dinner or go to someone else's house, right? Usually my father's family that lived in Brooklyn. So my father's family lived in Brooklyn. So we would then go there usually for the day and hang out with them and all that kind of good stuff and get some more presents and eat tons of food. My mother from Germany could not cook soul food. That was not her skill set. I'm not mad at her for it. She shouldn't. We go to Brooklyn and man, they could. Absolutely. So that's that was that was the good time. Yeah, my mom's food was good too, but my mom was more of a baker. She would make Christmas cookies, all that kind of good stuff. She'd do that. So then we'd head over to uh, Brooklyn and we'd have family. That's where I had my family. And I felt like that was the, the big family. That was us from the uncles and the aunts and the cousins and the grandma. And that's everybody was there. It was on my father's side. My mother or, or her side of the family was in Germany. They never came over. They were estranged. <laughs> but my father's side was, very, was close to him and we all had a good time. Until I was 12, my father died. When my father died... That's when everything changed. When my father died, his side of the family totally abandoned us. They abandoned me. They abandoned my mom. And all of a sudden, we were literally alone. I went from Christmas being a time of basically two Christmases, one Christmas Eve and one Christmas Day, right? And then my small family Christmas Eve and then my big family Christmas Day, which was awesome, to me and my mom Christmas Eve, and that's it. I remember the hardest part for me was having to put up the Christmas tree by myself. I was 12. It was just me. 
There's no one else to put the Christmas tree up. My mom was working. So I put the Christmas tree up on my own, which not that I couldn't do it, right? I was 12. A 12-year-old kid can put a Christmas tree up, right? It's not like I couldn't do it. Most kids who are 12 could do it. It was that I had to. There was no one else. I was by myself putting up a Christmas tree. The 12-year-old. Holy crap, that's sad. That's where I was at 12. So I put the tree up to the best of my ability, which is a nice tree. My big tree did a whole thing. My mom came home, so excited. I put the tree up. We used to leave the tree on. And we left the tree on. And we would play music in the house to remember my dad. My dad was a DJ. Um, he, was a, he was a cop first. Then he was a corrections officer at Rikers Island. And his part-time gig, how we got the money to move out to Long Island, because by this time we were on Long Island by this time. We had moved out when I was, uh, we moved out when I was 11. And he died when I was 12. So when we moved out to Long Island, um, he had raised a bunch of money because he was DJing. So he had tons of DJ equipment. And during Christmas time, I remember listening to, to Christmas music always. My father had the big, for those of you who remember, back in the day, there weren't any MP4s or computers like that, right? This is the 70s. So if you wanted to have a, listen to a lot of music, you had the reel-to-reels. Maybe some of you remember that, the big reels, uh, big reels, big reels too. There'd be reel-to-reel, one reel, one reel, and you just like come like roll the big tape, right? You've probably seen the old, the old TV, the old um, movies from the 50s and 60s with the computers, the big reels, where people would play music on those back in the day. Some of you who are young don't remember that. But older people, you might remember that, right? You get some gray hair, remember reel-to-reels. Well, the reel-to-reel, a reel was about three hours long, give or take. It could be a little bit longer, but in that area. <clears throat> so my father would literally record, <clears throat> excuse me, create basically the equivalent of a Christmas mixtape. And he would let it play for three hours at a time, click and change it. We had more than one reel-to-reel. So we'd play one, play another. So my mom would play it, trying to remember him and, and get the spirit back. But it never worked. Having the tree on and having the music running, it didn't work. It, it wasn't up. It, it made me feel good. And I remembered him. And I still remember it to this day. I still remember it, right? That idea, Johnny Mathis. Nat King Cole, again, some of you who are older remember this, some of you are younger, I have no idea who I'm talking about, but those are the types of people who we would listen to in all the Christmas songs. Um, Frank Sinatra, Christmas, stuff like that. Um, so I think that was one of the things we used to listen to all the time. But then Christmas became lonely. So what my mom used to do is invite other people over. We had other people would come to our Christmas to our Thanksgiving, and also to our Christmas. So our neighbors would come, or people who my mom knew from work would come, or whoever was in the area who wanted who didn't have a family. We would take in someone who didn't have a family that year. Maybe they were traveling. And for those of you who know, New York City is a very transient city, and there are many people who come to New York whose family is not around, and they often can't afford or aren't going to go back home. My mom would meet them in a the city. She's working in a city. And she'd say, you want to come out to our, our house for Christmas? And every other Christmas, sometimes Thanksgiving too, but very often Christmas would be somebody else would be with us having dinner or something. And I still remember my mom would work so hard. She had multiple jobs. Once my father passed, um, she couldn't afford to keep the house. So she would actually work two or three jobs, bartend, a bank, whatever she could do um, to make extra money to pay for the house. I hated it. I didn't want her to do it. I, I told her I'd rather lose the house. But my mom was a proud woman, and she had come from horrible poverty in Germany. She was raised after the war, and they were dirt broke after the, after the war, as most war-torn countries are. They were, they were, they were dirt, uh, dirt broke. And she was very proud. 
she did not want to lose that house. And so she worked two, three jobs uh, to, to keep the house. When I was telling her, just leave. I don't care. Just when, when I'm 17, I'm joining the Marine Corps. This is going to be your place. So just lose it. I don't care. Do, get, move to apartment. Didn't bother me at all. She didn't want to hear it. Proud woman. She was going to go do it. And she worked two, three jobs. So when vacation time came, Christmas, Thanksgiving, when she wasn't going to work, most of it she slept because she was exhausted. So she would try to cook because she used to make Christmas cookies, bake them from scratch, old German recipes. And then she'd make Christmas dinner. If those of you know, those of you know German, uh, German uh, dinners very often will have multiple meats and multiple gravies. That's a thing, right? So she'd make the different gravies and different meats and all that stuff. And then we'd do that. And then she'd fall asleep. Literally, I would have to let the, the, the guests out because she'd fall asleep while the guests were there. So there'd be guests there. She'd go into the living room and pass out on the couch, fall asleep. I let the guests out. I'm like 13, 14 years old. <laughs> so I let the guests out. Oh, guys, thanks for coming. Whatever. Boom. I clean up, put it together, tuck my mom in, and then wake her up later, right? Because they'd be asleep by five, six. She'd be out cold. Let the guests out because we have early, early dinner. And then I'd open my presents and play. <laughs> that's what I would do. That was that was my uh, that was often my Christmas. So not just Marine Corps. When I'm out in the Marine Corps, Christmas became something very different for me. At that point, my mom was in. Um, my mom was already an addict at that point. She's already beginning to abandon me as I left. As I left, that was the end of her. Right? That was that was the end. Christmas became very different for me. I wasn't going home because my mom wasn't around. She didn't want me to come home. She was hanging out with the, the wrong types of people. And if you have an addict in your life, you know what I'm talking about. Christmas became something completely different for her. And for me too. I basically had no family. My family was my unit. That makes any sense. So many of the, the people in my unit, they had families. Some of them had families with them. Some would go home, whatever. And for those of you who know the military, someone always has to be responsible and what's called on duty, right? Someone has to be on duty at all times in case all hell breaks loose, right? And there's always at least one, what's called a, a, a duty NCO, and then an assistant duty NCO at every barracks, right? Every unit, there's got to be at least one there at one point. And they get assigned. You just get assigned when you're going to do it. And it's usually just done in some seniority order or something, and you happen to get Tuesday or Monday or Sunday, whatever, and someone's got to get to Christmas time because that's what happens, right? Well, what happens if you get to Christmas time and you got a family? You're going to be sitting in the barracks, on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve. Well, I knew that a lot of people had families. I didn't. My life changed tremendously when I was 18, 19, 20 years old. So I, would, I was always, I, I literally would buy their duty off of them. I would. I'd say, I'll, I'll, do, I'll take your duty Christmas. Like, sure, you take Christmas duty? I'll take it. Oh my God, how much? 20 bucks. And that, like 20 bucks, 40 bucks. I would get 20, 30, 40 bucks and I would take the duty for the day. Why? I'm not doing anything. Christmas became another day to me for three to five years. It's another day. That's all it was. So I just, ah, I'll take you duty. 30, 40 bucks, whatever I'd get, which back in the 80s was a lot of money, right? Now, who knows if it's a lot of money or not, but back then that's big dollars. So yeah, fine. I'll take you 20, 30 bucks and I'll, I'll sit here and, and be the duty NCO for 24 hours. Deal. And, I, and that was what Christmas became to me for, for many years. Well, now move forward to after I got out of the military, I come back home. My mom, I put my mom out of prison 
And now she's back in action. At that point, Christmas became important to me again because it was a connection. And the connection that I had was I wanted to make up for all those lost Christmases. And it sounds cheesy. I know it does, but it was true. It's how I felt. As cheesy, as silly as that sounded, it's what I felt. I wanted to make up for all those Christmases that we lost when my mother. So Christmas became a super important to me, like really important. And I was going to make sure that I was there. And I bothered my mother. Like I bothered her to do some things that she hadn't done in years, which to someone outside may seem silly, but to me was really important. I bothered her to make Christmas cookies from scratch. Yes, I was like, Ma, bust your rump <laughs> and make Christmas cookies for us. Yes, I was that I was that kid. And I was like 30. <laughs> I was like, make Christmas cookies for us. Come on, come on. I bugged her. Why? There were many reasons. One, because it made her feel important and useful and valuable, which it did because she was great at doing it. And it made me feel like I was back home again. It made her feel like we we're back home again. Those little things that mattered to make things up. And we would sit back and eat them and talk about what happened and all those different things about my father, the problems that we had. And sometimes she would bring up the past and and be and talk about how bad it is and what and the things she did and how, how bad she felt about what had happened. She had many demons and regrets. And what I would ask you to think about on Christmas, specifically at Christmas, is forgiveness. I know it sounds cheesy. I know everything I'm saying sounds cheesy. But I want you to know who I am and why I think and, and, and how I am. People who know me well know I'm insanely forgiving. Maybe to my detriment. Maybe to my detriment. And if that's going to be my problem, I'm good. I'll let that be my problem, right? If that's my problem, let that be, let, let be my problem. When people have regret, if you hold it over them forever, I'm not saying forget. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying forgive. If you, if you hold that over them, they'll never get better. Your relationship will never get better. You'll never improve. I'm saying forgive. Usually, I talk about forgiving yourself. I do often. This one, if you could take some time in Christmas to forgive those that you care about. Just forgive them. You don't even have to tell them unless they want to be forgiven. But just in your own heart, forgive them. Bring them back into your world. And when they come up, bring it up, which my mom would do, she would say things like, Larry, I'm so sorry I did those things, or I'm so sorry I wasn't here. And all I would say is, Ma, those are your demons. I've already forgiven you. You're good. Those aren't my demons. Those are your demons, not mine. The only person who's worried in this room about that is you. If you don't worry about it, no one's worried about it. I would tell her that. If you don't worry about it, no one's worried about it. It's only you. I'm good. I'm happy you're here. I'm happy we're together. All good. Did I forget what happened? Of course not. I'm still human. I'm not going to forget it. Of course I was hurt by it. And if, again, if you've had an addict in your life, you know what happens. The addict picks the drug over you, or the substance, I should say drug, picks the substance over you. That does not feel good. That feels terrible. And if you are an addict yourself, you know you've done it. You've picked the drug or the substance over people you love. That does not feel good when you come back from your addiction and realize, hmm, that's what I did. So nobody feels good about this, right? Nobody feels good about this. But if you're the first one to go, it's all good. It's all good. If you're the first one to do it, maybe they will too. And you can fix that relationship. I would ask you during Christmas to think about forgiving 
people in your world. <laughs> if they need to hear it, tell them. And I've often said that, right? I will tell people, look, if you feel like you need to be forgiven, I forgive you. If not, it's okay. I still forgive you. You're forgiven. So let's move on. It's all good. If you don't talk about it, we can, but I'm not going to be mad about it anymore. It doesn't matter. And boy, that's hard. But that's the way that now I can look at my relationship with my mother that at one point was terrible, non-existent, non-existent to now looking back at it and being, I'm so glad she was in my life and in my daughter's life. My daughter's had a grandmother for a while before she passed. (laughs) My daughter's had a grandmother, which was a very important thing. But when I look now, it's changed. I'm, I'm not like my father at all in that regard. When it comes for my Christmas now with my kids, Christmas is important for my kids. And we do Christmas morning. Why do we do Christmas morning? Because my wife does Christmas morning. So I have a spousal mandate. So we do Christmas morning. Christmas Eve is nice for us, but it's not a big deal anymore. Right? I've been married now 20, hold on. I've been with my wife now 21 years. Um, married this April will be 20 year anniversary of marriage, but together for 21 years with my daughters for 17, 18 years coming up here now. So when we first started doing Christmas together before we had kids, my wife didn't like surprises. I happen to love surprises. My wife did not like surprises. I don't, still doesn't. It's not like surprises. I love surprises. My wife does not like surprises. You see how I respond, right? With you guys when we talk, things pop up. I love a surprise. I think it's fun, exciting. Let's move on. My wife hates surprises. So I would give her a gift thinking, surprise. And she would hate it. Hate it. I had to learn. You know what? I need to not do that and be more. We had, I had to find a way to get her gifts that she would be happy with, but that I could still feel like I was surprising her. So this is what we did seriously. I would ask her, I said, can you give me a list of five things you want? It's a true story. Give me a list of like five things you want. And then once you're done with the five things, whatever those five things are, okay, great. Now I'll pick one or two of them or three of them and give them to you. So you're still surprised at which of the lists you got. So I'm happy doing the surprise thing, but you are getting something you want. So you have a clue what you're getting. This is what we had to do. And it's fine. It worked perfectly. She was very happy. And so was I. Everybody was happy. It's all good. Right. So we actually do that. So anyway, so we do that. And then when the kids came, when the kids came, the second we had kids, her and I stopped giving each other gifts. I know other couples are doing the same thing, but we stopped. Christmas became only about the kids. And then once we had kids, very funny. My my wife is Greek Orthodox. I was raised Lutheran, um, Baptist, a little bit Baptist, but mostly Lutheran. My mother, my my wife, my my mother was Lutheran. Uh, my father was Baptist. My um my my wife was Greek Orthodox. So I just did what most people in my world would do: is you just you follow the religion of the mother, right? So my mother was Lutheran, so I was baptized Lutheran, even though my father was Baptist. I'm, ba- I was ba- I'm baptized Lutheran. So I baptized my kids Greek Orthodox. We're part of Greek Orthodox Church. So Greeks, of course, do. We're in church Christmas Eve. So that many, many of you may not know this, but yes, tonight at midnight, I'll be either in or outside. Sometimes the churches get so crowded, probably not now with COVID. Last year, we didn't do it. But sometimes you, the church be so crowded, you have to be outside. 
right? You can't get into the church. You have to be outside during the, the Christmas mass. So we'll either be outside, depends, or we'll be in the church at midnight with our kids. Yes, we will. Easter and Christmas, we do midnight mass. So I'll be there tonight at midnight doing that. But anyway, um, I won't be doing my, 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 my German Christmas Eve. I'll be doing that instead. So now we just, the Christmas now is all about the kids. Christmas morning is all about the kids. But my wife has had issues with her family too. Fights in this, as we all do. And I push her. And I, believe it or not, <clears throat> I rarely push my wife. Rarely. I give her my opinion and then I shut up. Most of the time, my wife does what she wants to do. When she wants to do it, I, I, I don't know if I have any influence. I mean, I hope I have some. Um, I rarely push her. In this case, I do. I push her to forgive her family members that she's mad at. I do constantly. And I think in, in general, it works because I believe that her family is also my family. So I think I have a little bit of right to do some nudging, right? So I do push her a little bit to, to forgive. And it, it has been better as we've tried to forgive the trespasses that family does against each other. We just, they do. So I do push forgiveness for her too. And for me, and I forgive. And her family and my family have had some horrible, horrible experiences together. And I mean, public screaming and yelling. And Larry, you publicly scream and yell? Oh, I did. Yes. So yeah, like that type of horrible, like throw, throw your family laundry in the street stuff. <laughs> yes, we did some of that. And I've done, forgiven, over. Let's move on. It's done. I've done that 100% to keep that family together. But something special happened this year, many of you know that I'm adopted and my adopted family, <clears throat> excuse me, is in, fem- <clears throat> excuse me. I'm adopted and then my adopted father divorced my mom. So I was raised by my stepdad adopted, if that makes any sense. That's my father. Everybody say father, that's who I'm talking about. But my adopted family, he left and I didn't see him until he passed away. He passed away in the 80s. I didn't see him. His family connected to me via Facebook. So I have more of a family now in Florida. My stepmom passed away this year. Suddenly, unexpected. It wasn't like, you know, we, 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 she was ill for two years. Like my mother was ill for two years. My father was ill for two years. We knew they were going to pass, right? So I... I was I didn't see her much. I had an excuse every time. Well, it's COVID, so it's tough. It's restrictions. It's tough. And well, I'm working. It's tough. And excuse, excuse, excuse. Always thinking they'll be next year. And there is no next year. She's gone. There is no next year. And while that had happened to me before, right? I'd lost my father when I was a kid and my mother about 10 years ago. I was able to have closure because they were sick for two years. And what I always say is that when people pass, if they die quickly, it's good for them, bad for the family. If they die slowly, bad for them, good for the family. So it's either way, it's bad, right? But different way of looking at it. She died quickly. My mother and father died slowly. I was able to see them often. I was able to have closure. I was able to do all those things. This time, no. And I'm still bothered by it. This time, no. It's just two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, we went to the funeral two weeks ago. I took my daughter down to Florida. And we went to the funeral two weeks ago. I had a death in the family. I think some of you know. And it still bothers me 
that I made an excuse every time and I didn't go down and see them. And I should have. I regret that tremendously. Use this time, Christmas, to think about that. Less regrets. More forgiveness. Less regrets. Less excuses. But Larry, it takes up time. But Larry, it's it's money. Larry, it's whatever. Larry, it's COVID. Larry, it's this. Larry, it's that. It's all types of things. It is. But if you don't, if you don't try to connect and use this Christmas of the day, but it, emotionally, it's not. It's something different emotionally. And if it is something different emotionally, take that time, that that cue, to connect to people. And if they blow you off, so what? So what? They don't blow you off. Look at what you've gained. At a minimum, at a minimum, you will know that you did the right thing. You have shown that example to those around you who you care, whether those are your kids or your your spouse or your mom or whoever you care about, your friends, whoever you care about. You will have shown them the right example of trying to connect and push through things. And you will have less, you'll have less regret. You'll still have regret, we all do, but you'll have less of it. I think that is a a critical thing to understand. I regret that. And I'm going to try my best to fix that. I went down twice these last couple of weeks and I'm going to go down again next year. I'll go down again and I will see them again. I will not make that mistake again. That's a mistake I made now. Not again, not again. And part of the idea of Christmas is to think about family and to try to not make those mistakes, to make up for them if you did make them and to have less regret, more forgiveness is going to give you less regret. That I guarantee you. More forgiveness will give you less regret. You're still going to make mistakes. You're still going to screw up. You're still going to have regret. You're still going to get betrayed by your family. You're still going to have issues. It's not going to go away and be perfect, but it's better. And you'll sleep better and you'll feel better and you'll set the right example for those around you who you love. If you want your kids or your friends or your brother or your cousin or your mom to be a better person, and I hope you do, the better example you set, the better chance they will. And the thing I remember, <clears throat> the thing that I remember now recently with my, with my daughter, my oldest daughter, she was joking. She was watching a, a TV, uh, um, um, uh, a, 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 I think a joke of a TV show like TikTok or something. And she was teasing about, oh, it's a funny TikTok about it, some TV commercial. And I said, oh, yeah, it's cute, whatever, right? We're just talking about it. And she goes, I remember grandma said, don't buy stuff from TV. And I laughed. I said, she told you that? She says, yeah, she did. And my mom died like eight years ago. And my daughter, who now is 17, remembered that. And I welled up a little bit. She said, dad, why are you? Wow, you getting ready to cry? I said, yeah, kind of. She said, why? <sighs> Sorry, well, now. If you remember that, then that mom is not dead. My mom is still alive. Because that will be with you for years. That's eight years. You remember that. My mom will be with you forever. She won't die. She didn't die. She's still alive. In you, she's still alive. She didn't die. And I love that. So much I love that. It, it made it made my week thinking that. I think about my mother often. Of course I do, particularly in Christmas time, New Year's, 
Thanksgiving idea. Of course, I'm sure I'm not alone with that thought process. But that my daughter would remember that on a, a day, just a regular day, and think about it, and it would still be in her heart. Made my day. It made me realize that me forgiving my mother for the years of terrible relationship. We had, we had years of terrible. I'm going to share something with you. I haven't shared with a lot of people. So I'll just share it again. I always, I sometimes share too much. My mother and I were so estranged when I was in Marine Corps. I told people my mother died. For those of you who know, if you're in the military and you're single, you have to you have to put who is going to go who who is going to get your life insurance if you die if you get killed right because the military will give you will give you money if you die right they give your family money. Well, my father was dead. I had no siblings, and my mother was an addict, and I just told people she was dead because they didn't have an address for me. Done. She's just she's gone. So I actually was, I, I had my life insurance go to a couple, to a poor family in another country that couldn't afford to send their kids to school. I know it sounds crazy, but literally that was, an, that was my military records. Literally a family, another country, poor country that couldn't send their kids to school. It was a specific family. I'd met the family. They would get my, I think it was a hundred thousand dollars. I forgot whatever, the, whatever the amount of money was. If I get killed, I forgot what the money, I think it was a hundred thousand dollars. Then it might still be whatever the number was. If I get shot in whatever, if I get killed in where, right, then Saudi Arabia, right, or wherever, Iraq. If I'd gotten killed in Iraq or Kuwait, then that family would have got the money because it wasn't going to my mom. That's how bad it was. And I'm so happy that when she was in trouble, that I came back and that I forgave her and that I reconnected and we just got back together. So worth it. It was exactly the right answer. And a lot of things there was a lot of regret. And again, if any of you've had that kind of situation where someone you love just abandons you, wow, does that hurt? That stings with so much pain. And if you felt that, you know it. And I forgave her. And man, was it worth it. Man, was it worth it. That's what I wanted to cover. I'll take your comments and, and stuff. I hope it was interesting for you to understand why, wh- who I am and what I think about and why I spend so much time being the forgiving guy and why I spend so much time doing that stuff. This is how I was raised and what I think and what happened in my life. And like, I, I hope you'll understand when I think and when I talk, this is why I do what I do. So, and I know sometimes I show my wrinkles that maybe I shouldn't show, but at least you'll not be surprised, right? When you hear it, you're like, yeah, like told me that on his, on his live one day. I knew it about him already. Yes, absolutely. So Dan says, hi, Larry. Merry Christmas to you. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. Yes. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. I'm glad. Thanks for showing up, man. I really do. I appreciate that. Logic. Merry Christmas. Yes. To you too. Yeah. You're orthodox. You, you get all 12 days. That's true. Some of you don't realize what that 12 days is for, right? 12 days from the 25th to little Christmas, which is January 6th. Shall I get that right? January 6th is little Christmas. And that's when the wise men came and gave baby Jesus his presents. So that's the 12 days of Christmas. So, yes, you're supposed to uh, leave your Christmas tree up traditionally. I, I mean, what, what are the rules, right? Until little Christmas, then you take your Christmas tree down. In America, we, us- we usually put our Christmas tree up after Thanksgiving. That's a tradition. But, again, people do what they want. It's You keep your Christmas tree up um, from Thanksgiving until little Christmas. So, yeah, we do we do little Christmas, too. Absolutely. All right. All right. Um, we used to see how many kids could fit into the trunk of my uncle's Lincoln. 
Not sure that was the safest thing to do, but yeah, uh, Lincolns were huge cars. They were cool, cool cars. Absolutely. Dave says, my mom was the same way during Christmas. Absolutely. Yes. Christy, Merry Christmas, Larry, you and all yours. Yes. Thank you, um, everybody. Merry Christmas to you. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Um, let's see here. Um, my, my father was the same way when I was a child, also from a poor um, or, uh, origin, immigrated from Chile. Yeah. And, I, you know, I think people find this a lot, right? A lot of people who, when they grow up, not having much, man, when they get something, they want to, boom, I got it all. I think it's a common, it's a common thing, right? My, my mother was a little bit like that. My father was a lot like that, show off. But I grew up, I grew up not understanding how poor I was, if that makes any sense. Like, I didn't know how poor I was when we were in the Bronx, because relative to others, we weren't. That makes any sense. There were many other people in the Bronx who were poorer than us. I had two working parents who were both making money. And, I mean, we were pissing money away like there's no tomorrow. I mean, my father just would throw money away. But we were making money compared to those around us. We were doing okay. And that's all I knew as a little kid. So I didn't realize how poor we were until I went out and I saw people who were wealthy. I was like, oh, wow, we were broke. Oh, wow, we were broke. I didn't know we were broke because relative to the people around me, we weren't. But when I got outside, oh, yeah, okay, we were broke. So, yeah, I get that. All right, um, let's see here. Um, let's see. Uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you. My, my gift to you is in my boat. Thank you, Rory. I would love that, 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 that gift. I appreciate it. Yes. Dave says, I'm 55, and I bought my first Christmas tree. My mom gave me a small Christmas tree when I was in the Army. Oh, it's been about 10 years since I put up and decorated a Christmas tree. Dave, I'm glad you're doing it. It's good. These little things, they can be very important to your psyche, right? They really can. People are talking now all about health, right? COVID, health, health, health. Of course, your physical health matters, clearly. And your mental health matters, too. Both of those matter. Your mental health matters, too. And I would argue in many cases, it actually matters more. Because if your mental health is, is good, you have a more better chance of now fixing your physical health. If your mental health is bad, what are the odds of you fixing your physical health? I think you could, but the odds are against you, right? So I would argue mental health is more important than physical health because if you're in the right mindset, you can do other things that will be good about your life, whether that's helping out your family, helping out yourself, whatever, eating better, sleeping better, whatever is the thing, lowering your stress level, whatever is the thing that you that most of us are suffering from, at least one, if not multiple of those things. If your mental health is better, you can fix the physical things. So, yes, I, I think doing things like making a tree, or bring a tree up. Oh, my God. It's absolutely. Yes. So, all right. So, I can grab that. Shelly says, I'm hosting people. Nice. Thank you, Shelly. Oh, potato pancakes. You, Shelly, you get it. Well, again, your name is Stoltz. You get it. Yes, absolutely. For those of you who don't know, potato pancakes, very German. <laughs> Very German. And yes, we had them. And sometimes you'd put sweet stuff on it. Sometimes you'd put butter stuff on it. Depends on gravy. It depends, right? Depends on what you're eating with, what's going on. But yeah, potato pancakes. 100%. Yes. Eric says, well-deserved sleep for Mama Sharp. It was. She was busting her rump. Yes. Missy says, I somehow missed out on the reel-to-reel. I'm old, but I remember 8-track and cassette tapes. Okay. 8-track. The Lincoln Continental in the 70s had an eight-track player in the console. 
Now, for those of you who don't know that, that was a big deal. Like, that was super cool, right? 1975, 76, in that area, eight-track tape player in the console, you the coolest people around. That was a big deal. Some of you have no idea what eight-track tape is. <laughs> I know, but yes, absolutely. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, let's see here. Dan says, all I want for Christmas is my CDL Class A. Brother, I hope we can get that. I hope we can. We should work on that, Dan. You're absolutely right. Yes, absolutely. Maria, Merry Christmas. Like, Maria, Merry Christmas. I'm not wearing your hoodie. Oh, you're watching. I'm not wearing your I wore it last night. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen me wearing that hoodie, the Larry Sharp hoodie that's like completely worn out and totally old and I probably shouldn't wear anymore. I love so much. Maria was awesome. She actually got that for me as a gift. My Literally my favorite hoodie ever. I appreciate it so much. I My team gets mad at me for wearing it. It's like, Larry, it's raggedy. Why are you wearing it? You look raggedy when you wear it. I know, but I love the hoodie, so I wear it all the time. So, Maria, thank you so much for that. Every time I put it on, I think about you. So, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Uh, Logic Rex, happy. Oh, hi, Missy. Merry Christmas to you, too. Yes, Merry Christmas to, to Missy. Absolutely. Yes. Ryan, all of us for Christmas is sharp for <laughs> Well, maybe next Christmas. You will have that, Ryan. That might be next Christmas. Perhaps that's true. Absolutely. Perhaps it's true. I, I, I hope you are right. I hope you're right. <clears throat> no, sir. Hey, Michael, how are you? Christmas cookies from mom are always special. Yes. It's one of the things I enjoy every year in 53. Yes, I know. I wish I could still have it. You know, and, and the worst part is we have the, the recipe, but I'm not that good of a baker in general. I'm not good at it. I, I'm not the thing I enjoy. Mom doesn't like baking either, so neither of us like it. So I'm hoping maybe one of my daughters might pick it up if either of them like baking. And for those of you who know, you know, if you, if you don't enjoy baking, it's a chore. If you enjoy it, it's a wonderful hobby. It depends if you enjoy it or not. My wife does it, neither do I, which is a, which is a problem because we're not going to do it. It's a chore now for us. My, my mom loved baking. Like, she loved the action. She loved doing it. And my daughter, would when they were little, would help her, right? My daughter was like, six right seven she'd help her out and bring her the flour and stuff and they'd go do it together and again if my daughter would enjoy it then maybe she'll do it my daughter now is 17 she might do it if she gets into it but right now neither my wife or i enjoy baking so it becomes a chore versus a joy yeah i see mike i'm gonna try to get my daughter i'm see if i can nudge her into doing it we'll see let's see if i can bribe my daughter into it yes desiree says forgiveness has helped me a lot in life it helped me mentally spiritually and emotionally heal that is so much on the money, Desiree. I, particularly when someone who has hurt you either doesn't know or doesn't care if they've hurt you. Particularly that. And that, that stings the most, right? When someone's dismissive. They hurt you and it's dismissive. To hell with Desiree. I don't care about her. That hurts even more. But the worst part about that is they don't care. So the only person being hurt by me not forgiving is me. They don't care. doesn't matter to them at all. The only person being hurt is me. If I forgive, no one's hurt. It's just me. Man, is that hard to accept because I want to be righteous. I want them to pay. I want them to, to say, you know, I'm sorry. I want to do all those things. And I would argue whether or not they say sorry, it's still better for you if you forgive. I think you're right, Desiree. It's better. Not perfect. It still stings. I'm not, you know, oh, I'll forgive. And all of a sudden, life is awesome. No, but it's better. 
And we have to move on. We have people who need us. We have our own goals we want to achieve. We're going to sit here fighting about other people who've hurt us. How am I going to move forward? I can't. And then people need me. How are they going to move forward if they need me? Right? The people in your life, Desiree, who are de- depending on you. People in my life who depend upon me. All of us have people who need us. And we're going to sit here angry and mad? Well, then how are they going to move forward? They need us. Just something to think about. Yes, I agree. <clears throat> Allison, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Wendy, Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Yes. Lars, Merry Christmas. Yes. Dave says, forgiveness and reconciliation are something that I'm still working on. Dave, it's hard, man. I'm not saying that it's easy at all. It's hard. And we'll screw up doing it. We will. And sometimes it won't work. Sometimes it won't work, right? You'll try, And it's not going to work. You're going to try to forgive. They're going to be mad at you. You're going to fight. Sometimes it fails. This is by no means perfect. I'm just saying it's better. And in the long run, if people see you as the one who forgives, in the long run, people will come to you more. That's what I'm saying, right? People come to you more. So, yes. Shelly says, the gifts I remember most were very simple, like oranges and grapefruit. Ooh, and mixed nuts. They need to be cracked. Oh, Shelly, you are killing me. You're killing me, Shelly. My father loved nuts, and so did my, my mother. They would keep them out in a little in a little uh, bowl with the nutcracker, the metal one. You would crack the nuts, walnuts, and uh, oh, my God, some peanuts, too, cashews, right? And they would just crack them and eat them. And then there was a separate place for the, for the shells that you had to put down all the time. Yes. Ah, look at you, Shelly. Nicely done. Absolutely. <laughs> Mrs. Ah, you can support the show. Yes, of course, guys. Please like, uh, comment, and share. As always, I bug you every time. If it does matter, please do it. This is this. I think it's a good message. If you don't, I get it. Don't bother. But if you think it's a good message, share it. Tell people. This show's not political. This one isn't. Every other show is. This one isn't. This show's really about Christmas. It's actually a Christmas special. So if you want to like and comment and share and show people this, you can. this is a show you could put on your regular line if you, if you have friends who don't like politics, whatever. You can still do it. So please do it if you can. It does matter. It helps us all out. If you can, please do so, of course. Yes. So, um, Michael, this is Michael Voss, by the way. Those of you who don't know Mike Voss, he's a, uh, he's a, um, a Marine brother of mine out of uh, the Binghamton area in upstate New York. He says, uh, Larry, would you mention that besides forgiving people, it's important for those having trouble with depression, domestic abuse to reach out. The forgiveness is not just for family and includes friends, too. Brother, yes, yes, and yes. And let me bring that up. I'm sorry. Thank you for that. You know, I brought up the idea of, of forgiveness is good for yourself. That's true. It's better for you to move on. Desiree and I were just going back with that, right? It's good if we just, we allow ourselves to move forward. But Mike is right here. It's also good for those who are feeling like they're wrong or doing something bad or unworthy. Remember, if if you're depressed, I'm going to simplify this for this argument. It's not the only rule, but I'm, I'm purposely simplifying it. If you're depressed, you believe that you are either unworthy or unable to have happiness or both. You're unworthy of happiness or unable to have happiness, or both. You believe that, and that's depression. Now, that's simplified, I know, but I'm purposefully simplifying it. But when someone says to you, hey, Mike, whatever you did, brother, it's all good. 
So good. Those of you who know me know I'm constantly saying, all good. All good. Never happens. Move on. I, I constantly use that phrase. All good. It's, it's all good. Let's move on. If when you go to someone who's depressed, you say, look, it's all good. Let's move forward. It's me and you, man. They begin to feel like, wait a minute. Am I worthy? Mike's forgiven me. I did some stuff I shouldn't have done to Mike. I, I screwed Mike over. And that guy is going, oh, good, man. Don't worry about it. Come on. Me and you. Wow. Maybe I am worthy. People who are stuck in domestic uh, partnerships with them being abused. Many of the people there, not all, obviously. Some are just physically trapped. But some are believing that they deserve it of it. Right? Oh, I can't get out. I'm not, I can never get out. They believe they're unable of getting out of their relationship. They believe that they're not worthy of a good relationship. They believe this. And you going, no, 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 no. You're totally worthy. I forgive you. Come on. Might make that might be the, the piece, right? And for those of you who've been in bad, bad domestic abuse situations or know someone who has, you know that at one point, people who've left it, something pushed them over the top to go, I'm out, whatever that thing is. Who knows if yours is that final straw that breaks the camel's back and says, I'm out, I'm leaving. I'm not going to be in this relationship anymore. That's abusing me. It could be your forgiveness. Or maybe your forgiveness is just a piece of a lot of the things that eventually will get that person to get out of that position. Mike, you're on the money, brother. It isn't only about us. It is, but it's also about those we care about, those that matter, whether they're family or friends, anyone who you care about, family, friends, business associates, if you care about them too, telling someone that, they're worthy of your forgiveness is going to help them. Hopefully it's the final straw, but if it isn't, at least it's something, right? If you're giving that person a chance, I always say when it comes to, to addicts, I don't know if it's the, if it's the fifth, I love you or the 500th, I love you, but one of them might work. I don't know which one it's going to be, but keep saying, I love you. Cause you don't know which one is going to be the one that goes, Oh my God, I can get out of this. I'm ready. I'm ready. And for people in depression, same concept. Domestic abuse, same concept. I don't know when the, it's all good. Is it the first, it's all good? Or the thousandth, thousandths, all good. I don't know. I'm gonna keep saying it. I'm gonna keep saying it. And I'm gonna hope I hit the right one. Whenever it is. So thank you for that, Mike. You're completely right. Absolutely, thank you. Yes. Dave, are you in church? Yes, we're Orthodox. I'll be in church this evening. Yes, I will be. Yes. <laughs> Germans are great bakers. This is true. The German bakery used to be a thing, right? It kind of still is, but not as much. But yeah, my mom was an amazing baker, absolutely. And used to be German butcher. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you an interesting story. But I just heard from being down with my family um, in Florida. It's a story that I was told that my mom, when she went with my dad and me, uh, my adopted dad and me down uh, into the Carolinas. It was still very segregated, heavily segregated at that time in the sixties. It was heavily segregated at that time. It wasn't officially segregation, but it was heavily segregated still from that. It had officially just ended. Right. So it was still very segregated. And many of the black families wouldn't go into the white neighborhoods and the white neighborhoods, the white families wouldn't go into black neighborhoods still like that. That's cultural issue. Wasn't really breached very well yet. It was still becoming much. It was starting to integrate. It wasn't there yet. And my mom obviously was white from Germany. 
My father was black from the Carolinas. And so they went down there and the family, my father's family, wanted to have wanted to, wanted to have a, a, a great dinner. So my mom's like, well, why don't we go to that butcher over there? And they're like, well, that's the white butcher. I don't know if we want to go over there. My mom's like, oh, oh I'll go. Oh. <laughs> so she goes right in. And the butcher happened to be German. So my mom talks German to him. They go back and forth, the German butcher. They get amazing meats and cuts and whatever. They go back home. And my mom cooks the whole family, you know, pork and beef and all kind of cool stuff. Great German meals. And with with the multiple gravies, because that's a thing. So, yes. Yeah, so thank you for that. That That's a good story that uh, uh, my mom broke the uh, the segregation barrier. See that? I love it. There we go. Amy says, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, Sally says, forgiveness isn't for the person you forgive. Forgiveness is for a healthy mindset. Yes, yes, and yes. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Uh, Missy says, I hate surprises too. Some people don't like surprises, Missy. You're right. So I had to find the right answer because I love surprises. So I got, we had to find that, you know, that way of getting both of those. Absolutely. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Um, Dan says, great toy makers as well. And we can't forget about beer either. Oh, and invading Poland. Well, yeah, Russians invade Poland too. So yes, but Russians invade Poland and don't have great beer. So, and aren't great toy makers. They do that one little doll thing. That's all they do. So Germany's better than Russians. Sorry, Russians. Star. And they both invade Poland. True. Um, Pete says, Merry Christmas. Shout out to the governor of New York. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that tremendously. Yes. All right. Dave says, uh, I'm Orthodox, but our church does it early evening to get the most attendance. I think ours does too. Our, uh, us going at midnight is really our tradition. Well, not our, my, my wife's, which has become mine. So it's really tradition now. And so you're right. They, they do that earlier also here. Um, but we don't go to that one. Maybe we should. They make me think, Dave. Maybe I'll bug my wife. Maybe we'll go to an earlier one instead. See if she'll do it. I don't know. It's been tradition that we don't do that. So maybe we could turn tradition a little bit. You know what? I'm... I tell you what, I'm going to ask her. If we do, I'm going to let you know that it worked. We'll see. I don't know if she'll do it. She probably won't do it. But we'll, I'll ask her. If she's watching now, she'll be like, no. I'm going to get that, I'm sure. We'll see. Benjamin says, hey, Larry, Merry Christmas to you from Myrtle Beach. I'm trying to find Spike's mixtape. I love that. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Johnson, Merry Christmas, Larry. Family division in this day and age is at an all-time high. Oh, my God, John, thank you. I wish that change. I, I wish I could change that the wave of wand. John, let me bring this up. Thank you. Thank you for this. My God, you, you are so correct. Politics divides us. Ideology divides us. COVID divides us. There are so many things that divide us. And then we get physically, we divide physically. Like New York State is such an oppressive state that the young and the retired pack up and leave and leave the middle here until we retire or our kids leave school or our elderly parent passes. And then we leave New York too. It is horribly dividing. And you might go, Larry, it's unfair. It's wrong. You're right, John. It's unfair. It's not our fault. doesn't matter. We have to fix it. There is a difference between blame and responsibility. Is it my fault or your fault? Maybe, I guess it could be. You could, you could argue maybe that it is, but I don't see it that way. 
here's what I will say. If it's our families, regardless of who to blame, it's our responsibility to fix it, to make it better, because it's our family. But Larry, the government screwed us. Yes, then you can blame them if you want to, but they're not going to fix it. So we can just blame them and feel good about it and go, see, evil government, which I do. But on top of that, I will now take responsibility and try to fix it because it's my family. Could I blame the government for giving me excuses and not go down to Florida? I could. And part of that's true. There's a part of that that's accurate. COVID and lockdowns and can't go here and canceled flights and I can't work anymore. So I got to stay here and, and do other jobs because I can't do my regular work because I'm not I'm not essential. There's a lot of blame to go around. So, yeah, I blame them and they're not going to fix it. And if I'm going to fix my family, it's my responsibility, regardless of who I blame. You are completely right, John. We have to fix our families. We have to our relationships. And I regret not doing that. And I won't do that again. Right. That's as I say, that's a mistake I'll make once. And that's fine. Once is fine. Two, three times. Now you mess it up. I'll make that mistake once. Not again. And I think that's the issue. I think you're totally right. We have to do this 100%. So, all right. Let me see if I can do this here. Um, Desiree says, a wonderful gift will be an end to the mandates. We're not getting that gift, Desiree. But yes, I agree with you. We're not getting it. Yeah, that's not happening. David says, Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you. Yes, Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Yes. Michelle says, I'm so sorry. Yeah, you know, Michelle, you and I have, have both had loss in our life and you, you know what I'm, yeah, you get it. Thank you for that. Cause I know you actually are. I know you are. Thank you. Um, Lenny says, I'm so sorry for your loss and condolences and my love and respect to you and your family. Thank you, Lenny. I appreciate that. Yes. Uh, David says, I had to lock up Christmas gifts in the liquor cabinet because I have cats. That's funny. I like that. Cause the cats open up your present. I love that. Yes. Shannon says, Merry Christmas to you and yours. Right, thank you. Judith says, such a poignant collection of stories. Larry, thank you for sharing and Merry Christmas. Judith, I, I, I share this, uh, this stuff uh, uh, often because many reasons. But one of them is some of you, when you hear me speak, may not know where I'm coming from. You may think I'm wrong here or wrong there or, oh, super right here, super right there. I can have you disagree with me. I can have you think that I'm wrong. I can't have you not trust me, right? You, you, for, for our relationship to work, Judith, you have to at least trust me and know that I'm, that I'm, I'm talking in good faith, that I have the best intentions, that I'm trying to do what's right. Even if you think I'm wrong, you go, Larry, I know you can, but dude, this is, you're, you're wrong on this one. Mike Voss has told me that more than once. So, yeah, so, but, but both of us know that we're on the same, we're, we're trying to achieve the same thing, but we disagree on how to get there. And if you understand where I'm coming from, at least then you'll go, okay, I see why Larry thinks that. He's wrong, he's wrong, but I get why he thinks that. That's where he comes from. That's where his head is. That's his relationships. That's where he comes from. And that's one of the reasons why I tell you the story, so that you get where I'm coming from. You go, okay, I get where he's coming from. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, ah, Mike says, uh, just talk about you, Mike, but you is what you're burning. Um, we all have reasons why we can't do something. Yep. But how long does it take to send a text? Yes. Makes a difference. Yes. I'm not perfect on this. Neither am I. By the way, I said it direct. 
Love you and your family. Thank you, Mike. Me too. You know, right back at you, brother. Right back at you. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, let's see if I can grab this. Um, hold on. Um, Missy says, after losing my best friend to his... Yeah. Man, suicide's the worst. I always tell people that I love that I love them, even if we're fighting. I still say it because I do just in case. Yep. Yes, yes, and yes. Suicide's the worst of all the ways someone passes. They're all bad. Losing someone, no matter what, is bad. Suicide is the worst. Because you always feel like, what happened? What what could I have done? What did I miss? Always feel that. Suicide's the worst. The worst. Literally, and again, some of you know this, when when someone's in trouble like that, people, my, people who are close to me will sometimes call me or text me and say, hey, so-and-so's in trouble. And Missy, you know this, because Missy's very close to me. Um, I will literally stop what I'm doing and pick up that phone. To Mike's point. To Michael's point. It, sometimes that text or that call matters. I will stop what I'm doing and text or call if I think someone's in that kind of trouble. Uh, whatever I'm doing, I'll literally just stop. Okay, guys, I go, whatever, ba-boom, I'm going to do something. Because um, you're right. That's the worst. You want to tell people that you care about them. Because even if, you know, I remember when my father passed when I was a kid. Um, my father had two children um, outside of me <laughs> that he had earlier before he was my mother. And I know that in many cases, they suffered more from his death than I did. Why? Because I had closure. I had closure. I told my dad every day when he was dying that I loved him. Every day. To your point, Missy. I did, every day. I hugged him every day. I'm very huggy. And to this day, because of that, there are things I do now that I didn't realize why I did them until I look back at it. I tell my daughters every day that I love them. Every day. Every day. Because I never know when I'm going to die. And to me, my father died. He was 41 when he died. So when I passed 41, it's all bonus for me. It's all bonus. These are bonus years for me because that's how I thought, right? I found out at 41. Can I get past 41? I did. Okay. Bonus years, right? That's what I thought. I, I, I got past the end boss and got to the next level in the game. So it's all bonus years for me. I know that I might get cancer and die next week, next year, next month, whenever. I don't know what's going to happen. And I want my daughters to know that I love them. I want closure. And I had closure with my father. They didn't have the same amount of closure. And that's the thing I was talking about, about you know, losing people slowly versus quickly. You don't even know when you lose people around you. Is it going to be quick? Is it going to be suicide? Is it going to be a long battle with cancer or something? Who knows? I think you're totally right, Missy. Tell pe- If you love someone, tell them. Have some closure for you and for them. Tell them. She's right. Just in case. Fate will smack whoever fate decides to smack. Whenever fate decides to smack them. And you might think you're smart or cool or funny or wealthy or whatever you might think you are. Fate doesn't care. Fate will smack you whenever fate decides to smack you. That's how it works. And I've been smacked enough and some of you have been smacked enough to know, yep, fate will smack you whenever it wants to. So, Missy, you are correct. Just in case. Fate may want to smack you tomorrow. And if fate wants to smack you, you're getting smacked. Nothing you can do about it. So, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Yes. All right. 
Shannon says, I remember when my grandmother, father's mother, passed when I was three. My father was crying. Very sweet. Yeah. 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 Ryan says, I'm playing Nintendo Switch bowling right now. I guess that's good. I love that. I love that. Um, real name hidden. What I want for Xmas for separation. What I want for Xmas for separation. I guess you mean is separation of church and state? Yeah, and that's great too. I, I do not think, and I want to do it on, on two points, right? I think I want to do two points. I don't want the state supporting any church, and I don't want the state suppressing any church. I want it on both sides, right? Both sides. And I brought up this uh, during the, the COVID lockdowns. I have two people in my life who are in that kill zone, I call it, right? That if you're over 65 and you have prison conditions, COVID is the plague for you in that demographic. I mean, COVID devastates that 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 demographic. And I have two people in my life who are in that demographic, and both of them are, are practicing Christians. They go to church. It's important to them. They are practicing Christians. And I said, um, look, I, I would like you to not go to church. My choice. I wanted them to not go to church. I said, if you want to worship, you know, find the way. Get me your iPad. Get in the phone, whatever is the thing. They're both in their 80s, right? They might use phone. That's fine. Whatever. Do whatever is appropriate. You know, if you could, I would appreciate it. And both agreed. They weren't fighting me at all. They're like, yeah, no worries. We won't go. It's fine. Now, what if they had said, Larry, we want to go? Will you drive us? I would have. I would have. Because they have a right to worship as they feel appropriate. And if they want to gamble their lives on their faith, they may. I didn't want them to, and I have a right to an opinion. And my opinion was, don't do that. But I don't have a right to stop them. In fact, I would support them because I want them to live the life they want to live. They own their lives. And if faith is a part of your life, it should be a part of your life. So, yes, both. I don't want the government supporting religion, and I don't want it, and I don't want it expressing it. I want it doing neither. I completely agree with you. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Brian says SGLI was uh, 50,000. So probably probably 50K because it was in the 80s. Yeah, it was in the 80s. So probably it was 50K. I didn't remember the number, but I thought my my head had 100. But you know what? 100 might have been how much they gave me for college when I got out. That might have been GI Bill, 100K. Maybe. I don't remember what it was. But yeah, if 50K makes sense, it probably was 50K. So probably that's what it was. So $50,000 now, isn't it like 200 now? I think it's 200 now. But yeah, it was 50 then. Yes. So, all right. Um, Roman, are you close to raising? I was trying to not make this political, but no, we're not there. No, we're not there, guys. We are not. We're not going to hit that number. I was hoping we'd hit that number. We are not going to. Um, we're probably going to break 200K. That's a good thing. I like that. Um, but no, we're not going to make it. Maybe not, eh, we'll do it soon. It's fine. We'll do it soon. It's tough when people are hurting and... Some, most people don't realize what most people don't realize is when it came to my campaign, I'm, I do what I do now. I try my best to connect with a lot of people. Yes, we raised half a million dollars last campaign. We did. But my average donation was $85. That was my average. Some people gave a lot of money. Some people gave hundreds and thousands, not hundreds of thousands, hundreds and thousands of dollars. Some people did. But many gave 25 bucks, 50 bucks, $15. Some gave like six or eight bucks a month. Some did that. That's all good. 
So I raised half a million dollars and the average donor gave 85 bucks. That's a lot of donors, which is a good thing. It means I had a lot of grassroots, but it also means that most of the people who gave money to me were not big, wealthy, heavy hitter donors who could write checks for $40,000. So those are the people, by the way, the people who are not writing checks for $40,000, those are the people who are affected most by the COVID lockdowns, affected by all those things. So a lot of people don't have the cash to give. So what am I going to do? I want you all to bleed a little bit with me, but I don't want any of you to bleed out. So don't bleed out. And some people right now are bleeding out. So I wish I had better news, but it's the truth. We'll do better to the best of our ability if we can. We'll do better. We'll just keep going. Yes. So Pam says, may you and your loved ones have a very Merry Christmas and blessed New Year. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes. Paula says, Merry Christmas. I hope one day soon you and yours will be broadcasting the governor's mansion. Maybe one day. We'll see. Absolutely. Maybe one day we will see that. So um, let's see here. Jack says, I wish we could reverse the crap they passed of 9-11, including, including Biden's Patriot Act. I agree with you, Jack. I wish we could. That'd be great. But that's not going to happen until executives talk against it. Now, why do I say that? The most important piece is we don't realize this. We often think, well, we've got these cool congressmen and senators who do things. And it's important to have them as support. They matter. But America doesn't look at it that way. America cares when executives talk and then the legislators support the executive. Now, again, you might go, Larry, that makes no sense. Legislators can be smart and savvy and they can. You're right. It isn't logical. It is cultural. It is emotional. When the executives, the mayor, the, the, the county executive, the governor, the president, when the executive says this is wrong and bad and then the, the legislators support them, we move. As a country, we just how it works. But when the legislature goes, this is bad, we ignore them. I know it's you're going, your head's ready to explode, Jack. I know it's just true. It's it's how we work. Yes. Lazarus says potato pancakes based. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I love that. All right. Um uh, if you have a boatload of children, Shelley says, and you bake, it keeps the house warm. Ooh, I like that. Oh, I like that. Very good. Like that. John says, uh, since starting this business, our Christmases turn into six hour work days for two months. Wow. A couple of days before Christmas, when it's not possible to ship anything else on, on time, we slow down. Christmas has become our 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 breather and binge watching time. Oh, it's so good. Binge watching together. John, what an amazing, very good uh, tradition. Because a lot of people binge watch by themselves. I like the fact that you do it with the fat. That's so good. So good. Yeah. All lay together, chill out, sit together, probably eat the worst possible food for some good time, which is awesome to do sometimes. Yes, absolutely. Um, I love that. For the week after Christmas, we get the gift card bump. Oh, so listen to my night at the opera by Queen. Eight track all the time. Uh, John, you're killing me. I love that. Very nice. You actually have an eight track player? Awesome. I don't have one anymore. I don't. Yes. All right. All right. Uh, let's see. And the MC says, forgiveness is always relieving at the end. I agree. I agree. Yes. Chris says, I live in Colorado. Send notifications to see all your live videos. I'm rooting for you, and we need more people like you to step forward into the country. Merry Christmas, Larry. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Yes. Um, Michael says, if your daughter makes the cookies, you got to share some with me. Please, chocolate chip with pecans. It's an idea. I can't bake either. I will let you know. I will. 
I will let you know 100%. Yes. Mark says, Merry Christmas, Larry. Nothing cheesy about you. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to be forward. Yes. Buddha says, Larry's right. Don't make it weird forcing someone you don't choose for yourself. Yep, absolutely. Dude says, chestnuts. Oh, yes. I like that. Dave, walnuts, almonds, Brazil nuts. Brazil nuts. Yes, I'd forgotten Brazil nuts. With the handheld metal. We had that. Yes, you. yes, correct. You got to move it. Yes, from the 1970s. Oh, my God. See, my people. You are my people. I appreciate that. Yes, I love that. Very good. The metal one. I'd totally forgotten about that. You t- uh, I love now I'm saying it. It's all coming back to me. I appreciate that. Yes. Missy says, I've been in some deep, dark depressions. Feeling unworthy is a huge problem for me. Yeah, I don't think you're alone, Missy. I don't think you're alone at all. I think a lot of people have felt that in their life. Unworthy, unable, I'm never going to be happy. It never gets better, right? All of those things, right? All of those, all of those ideas and concepts. Yeah, I, I don't think you're alone. I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're with me, Missy. You know I am. I'm glad you're with me. I'm I'm glad that people are with me and and hopefully finding some some hope and some um some sunshine in the clouds. I hope we're finding some at least. Uh, I think we can get better. Mental health is critically important. How do you fix your physical health if you got bad mental health? Right? You can't. Absolutely. MC say MC says Germans are definitely not a bake. That's true. Yes. Absolutely. So, all right. Um, let's see here. Russians do, do have very good alcoholic drinks, though, even if not beer. Good. Po- I just said not beer. I didn't say alcohol. I just said beer. Just, yes, beer. Correct. Yes, absolutely. Desiree says, the surprises that I hated were when people showed up unannounced at my old apartment, and I didn't feel like being bothered. Had other plans. I wasn't home. Yeah. I know people People do like that, Desiree. They, like, they, they, they think the showing up part is 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 a good surprise and i've been guilty of that too which is why i get it i've wanted to do it too but as i've gotten excuse me older i've stopped because of that when i was younger in my 20s 30s i thought it was cool let's go man i thought that was a cool thing to do so i would do i was guilty of that you'd have been mad at me if we had been friends when i was 20 or 30 you'd, you'd be mad at me because i would have done that that's the kind of thing i would have done I have stopped since then because I thought it was funny or cool or exciting because I like surprises. I was projecting myself onto others because I would like that. So I assumed everybody likes that. Yeah, that's not how it works. So as I was projecting myself onto others, I did that. You'd have been mad at me. I don't need more. So we can be friends now. I won't do it to you. Yes, I won't do that. Yeah. All right. Let me see if I grab a couple of these. Uh, Jones says, um, Merry Christmas, Larry. Thank you for doing the show. Thank you, Alex. Merry Christmas. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Judith says, I believe and trust you. Oh, thank you. And tell others about you, especially family and friends in New York. Now I just need like 2 million people to believe that. And now we're good. Yes. Thomas says, have a Merry Christmas, Larry. And hopefully next year, some standing will turn to to our country. I hope so. That would be great. Yes. Shelly says, suicide is so painful. I lost him in 1976. And even though I've lost others, it's just impossible to feel the sting of the pain. I know suicide is the worst. Absolutely. Suicide is the worst. Yes. I, I, I know I say it all the time because it it is. It's why I go out of my way when I think someone's in trouble to deal with that. That is the worst. 
Michelle says, uh, I love you comes out of me in every conversation right before the bye. I, I got to start copying you, Michelle. That's really good. I love that. That's really good. Yeah. Absolutely. MC says, freedom of religion and freedom of choice. Always there. And it's good that they are there. 100%. Yes. Thank you, MC. Yes. So he says, my dad's last words to me were, I love you. Oh, it's good. When my mom was in the hospice, she told me she loved me and I walked out. I went back the next AM and sang her favorite song until she passed. Sorry for your loss, Sherry. I am glad, though. I hope this doesn't sound come across wrong. I am glad that you were able to have closure, right? It, it doesn't make the loss good, but it does make it less bad, if that makes any sense. It makes the loss less bad, that it does. So, yes. All right. SGLI was 50, 50K. There we go. Thank you. It was 50K. I appreciate that. Yes. All right. Um, Michelle says, let's just get you elected. That'd be nice. I love you. Yes. Shelly says, uh, I forgave my ex a long time ago for my own sanity. It's the right answer. It is the right answer. Yes. It's definitely the right answer. Uh, forgiveness is so important. And I know the entire reason why I brought this up was not just for forgiveness, but was to take this time in as Christmas, take this time as a emotional or cultural time of year to think about your relationship with others, those who are close to you, family and friends, those you care about. Now is the time to do it. It's a good time. It doesn't, it doesn't also doesn't feel weird, right? If you do it like, you know, it's September 3rd and you go, hey, I want to call you and tell you I love you. It could seem weird and awkward and people might not understand. They may, and particularly if you've had bad blood, then they might be like, whoa, well, what, what's your angle, right? Because got, if you've got bad blood, they don't trust you. So now what's your angle? But if you do it, do it during this time, the odds are higher that they'll be like, yeah, you know, all right, let's, let's try to fix this. And again, some things you can't fix, but trying to fix is valuable in its own way. It is valuable if you, can, if you can fix it. Now's a good time to think about others, how you can connect, picking up that phone to Michael's point, sending that text, whatever the case may be. It's not a bad idea. Now I got to spend Christmas texting, Michael. That's your fault. <laughs> I got to spend Christmas now uh, doing that, of course. Guys, I want to say a couple things before I wrap this up. Number one, as always, if you can, like, comment, share. It does matter. I know I, please, if you can, it does matter. It's a good show. Holly, any politics, you can send to anybody you want. Awesome. Now adequate politics. If someone does care and they're watching and they watch this long, send them over to libertarianism.com. Good Christmas gift. Send them here. They can go there, take some cool tests, take some cool, uh, take some cool courses, learn about happiness, which is what libertarianism is about, which is why I talk about it all the time. People to be free, to pursue happiness, to be happy, to include religion and Christmas and all the things and binge watching, John, all the things that make you and your family happy. It's all here. Libertarianism.com. Click that link. They support the show. Support them. Share this around to the best of your ability. It does matter. Like, comment, and share as always. Libertarians.com does matter. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Merry Christmas to all of you who celebrate. And those who don't, enjoy the holiday season. I will see you all next week.